Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mike's Mike, the podcast where we talk about swimming, student athlete life, traveling, everything in between. I am your host, Mike Aldaco. Today, my special guest with me today is one of my uh, club teammates, Brandon Aredia. Brandon, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Yeah. Um. So, like Mike said, I'm a one of the student athletes. I guess I'm over at Oklahoma Christian University down in uh, Oklahoma. And yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Mike. So kind of what the funny thing is, like when we met, it was funny. Our first time meeting, I think it was it was at a long course meeting in Topeka, Kansas. It was Beach Bash. And yeah, the first thing we bonded over is the fact that like, okay, Grant. So to kind of explain things, so my club team is a is a team on the Kansas side and team on the Missouri side. And Brandon's on the team in the Missouri side for the most part. He'll come to the Kansas side every once in a while. Yeah. For the most part, he's on the Missouri side. And for the first time I met him or whatever, he knew some of my other teammates. And Lex, being one of the people who's been on this podcast, he knew him and his twin brother, Max, and then a couple other guys are in college with us right now. And he just kind of said that. And then, like, our final thing we kind of bonded over at the meet, the fact we're both Latino. That was the icing on the <laughs> Yeah. The icing on the that that one. And that's just kind of how we met. And, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And – then he just kind of started coming to practice like every once in a while, what like maybe like once a summer, twice a year, three times, however much. <laughs> three times a millennial. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like Mike was saying, I started out in the Missouri side, um, joined the team a little bit later. And then um, I guess I just kind of met Mike and everybody else through Lex or Mary Jo. Mary Jo is like our, our home gal coach. Um, and she kind of put us. I- we started in the same lane together, didn't we? Or were we, like, next to each other? Like, separate Yeah, lines? I think so. That was, yeah, because, yeah, I just, it was, yeah. Mary Jo always works wonders. That's that's just how it is, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Mike and I um, swam. I think Mike swam backstroke for a bit, and I was a freestyler, so we'd always have a lot of grind sessions there. Um and whenever I got the opportunity, I'd be able to go clear over to uh, Kansas, which was for me at the time, like a two hour drive. So like the rarity of me of me showing up to practice was like super slim. So like Mike was saying, like three times a year or something like that is like it's a legitimate thing. Um, I think the most I've ever been going consistently was maybe on weekends. I'd show up to practice or maybe on a Friday. Um and we'd just other, otherwise train at our satellite team up here in uh, Maryville or St. Joe. Yeah, yeah, I got you on that one. Yeah. So kind of going forward now. So yeah. it's kind of nice because Oklahoma Christian is a Division two school. So it's nice having another Division two swimmer finally on this podcast. We can kind of, besides my teammates, we can finally talk <laughs> yeah, about it. Like, only D2 swimmers understand how the struggle is real and how D2 lives matter. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's way I like to think about D1 versus D2 is thinking about the middle class and the upper class in terms of, like, wealth. <laughs> in no, like, political way, I guess, but just an easy understanding of it. D1 has this, like, great schedule mindset and, like, food is up there. Um, practice scheduling's up there. Um, it's pretty – if you don't ha- you don't really have a life if you're at D1 outside of, you know, your school and swimming. Social is a really hard thing to balance there. For D2, it's like, all right, I can try to balance all three, but the scheduling is kind of rough. I know I have to go and I know I have to be there, but it's not always clear cut. 
And then I know I have to eat, but I, I don't really like the food that I get sometimes, unless you're at a, a like pretty pricey D2 school. Um, but those are the differences I think that are just like immediate. Um, what about you? Do you think there's like, I don't know, any stark differences in terms of uh, uh, just the yeah, visual so. appeal? I, I thought you had a good analysis with the uh, middle class and upper class. That's definitely a good comparison to uh, have on that. But yeah, just kind of like knowing like even like, because I mean, we both looked at D1 schools too. So it wasn't that like, it was just us like looking mm -hmm. D2, D3, whatever. And that was it. So, I mean, we kind of got to like see that a little bit like firsthand. But obviously like Max Lex and then Sam right. obviously do it every day. And when I had Lex on the podcast, you kind of, yeah, pretty much just like, it's more like, you just got to, it's really hard to like balance like student, being a student athlete because you have such high expectations on the athlete side that like you got to yeah. get school done. And that sometimes consequentially that means you don't, it's like either you can't like go out on a weekend or like you can't like have a lot of free time necessarily per se. So yeah, that's definitely a pretty big difference to have on that. And it's just nice too to know that like, you're there you understand d2 struggle it's not just like me trying like some of my teammates maybe is just saying like oh it's real because like people like i'm not everyone like... yeah yeah oh. so like it was just kind of weird that i like, know that like yeah just like the struggle is it's, it's nice to have other people know that yeah it's there no, I was just saying it's just nice to know that sorry, go ahead. people on, like, just understand. Yeah. The same boat. Yeah, there's there's one thing that's um that's D2 swimming has kind of taught me. Like, um, I was looking, like, you were looking as well at a, at a bunch of D1 schools. Um, and I'm sure we both got offers at that time. But, like, when it came down to it, it was just more financially, like, available to do it or financially better in, in the long run for me anyway to do a D2 school. Um and the coach there was just really phenomenal in terms of just his knowledge and uh, I guess like friendliness. Um, but one thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed too, like we were talking about with the upper class and the lower class, uh, the uh, when, once you're given something like that's that you don't usually see in terms of value, like, oh shoot, we're gonna go have a pasta dinner at this really nice restaurant at a, as a D2 school, that's like, whoa, that's, that's a pretty big deal. And it's just like all those little things mean so much more when you're at that that low um, environmental level, not not necessarily like, I guess, effort or skill level, but just the, uh, mm -hmm. the quote unquote slums, you know, we're all kind of in the grit together. We all know that we don't have the best facilities, the best like, I don't know, experiences. But if we work hard enough, we can still get what everybody else yeah, gets exactly. up it's there. Kind of more sense. Like the, just because we don't have yeah. like all those extra facilities that these like division one schools have that doesn't necessarily mean that like we're gonna not put in the work in that because some of some of these d2 schools especially in my conference they can like put a beating on some of these like major like d1 schools so like there's definitely like that because yeah. like i don't know if you know like the teams in my conference it's more like drury university of indianapolis i mean jules in there uh mckendry oh you know what i think i think we might be going up against your conference in the uh uh, maybe, because, I mean, fall, Oklahoma maybe. is like right there and like a lot of our teams are from Missouri because then even in St. Louis it's like my school and then there's the University of Missouri St. Louis there's McKendry there's Lindenwood so mm -hmm. like you have a lot of like yeah you have a lot of good oh, Lindenwood's right a spring school. and then you yeah. have Drury also down in Springfield and then Truman State's up kind of more in the north and then 
obviously you have William Jewel in Kansas City. So, like, it's just a lot. Missouri is a lot of concentrated in our conference. So, there's yeah, they can definitely see you, like, doing one of yeah. those teams probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think in our conference we've got the, uh, you know, Colorado Mesa yep. and Colorado Mines or School of Mines. Those two are pretty – well, one of them's a powerhouse. One of them's, like, okay. Um, OC started out – like, my school, we started out our program, I think, two and a half years ago. Like, the first – the year that I went was their second season ever, but the year before that was their first, um, and that they were just cleared to start competing uh, in the, like, mm-hmm. NC2A rule book or whatever it's called. Um, but we started out, like, bottom of the conference, placing last and everything, and then last uh, – conference we had we were i think it was second for the men um so we bumped, bumped up clear up from the bottom all the way up top and then i think i don't i don't want to steer anyone wrong but i want to say that we were top 15 or either top 10 at one point um later on in the season in d2 swimming for oklahoma christian i don't know what that looked like towards the end of the season but i mean that was a pretty big um victory for us considering where we where we started um, with our coach Josh Davis. Yeah, definitely for sure. Because yeah, because my school, we started yeah. yeah about like four years ago or yeah four or five years ago and yeah I mean yeah we're pretty. I didn't new. know that. You I guess guys are the only problem with well. ours like our conference yeah. like our conference. I think this year like so gosh there was I think in the top ten at like the end of the season. Hold on, I can do a double take on this, so I'm not like giving people the wrong impression of what's going <laughs> on. But at the end we had. Within the top 10, half the teams were in our conference were in the top 10, and then we had another team at 11th and like ranked like in the rankings nationally. So, like, for, for us to go up, yeah, so it's awesome. kind of hard for us to like move up, especially when you have six teams in the top 11, you include the top 20, you have seven, and then going even more down, top 30, you have eight, nine. And then, yeah, so when you're like one of like two teams that isn't like ranked in like the top 40, like. It's a little hard to uh, get going, but I, yeah. But we got a new coach, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, we kind of all kind of talked to him a little bit, figured out what he's all about, very confident in what he can do. So hopefully these uh, next two years that I have in swimming that uh, we'll definitely uh, be going up in the conference. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. That's awesome. Does he have any like specific goals for the team, or I mean, I guess have you voiced any goals? Well, I mean, goals yeah, obviously, like all, I've like given him my like, personal goals, and what I liked about him, he's like, he kind of like lets us like, it's not just like, because sometimes you know how people like coaches give like, okay, you need to have like, kind of like in air quotes like realistic goals, but like him, he's like, oh he's, yeah, like, tell <laughs> yeah, I hate stars, that. Like, tell us what what do you think would be a really cool time to go, but like, could be a little iffy, and then like that just kind of tells you like. He thinks if he can, if he wants you to tell you that, like he's confident that like you can do it, like kind of thing. It's just kind of more like he's like letting you like reach for the yeah. stars and just like really going for it. So yeah, like time wise, like kind of I like that aspect. And then pretty much for the team, his was well, obviously his number one goal is just like not to get last. But this last year at conference, at least the guys team, we were like not that far behind like two other teams. So that's like two teams we could easily like pass up if we have like a good taper meet because our conference this past year we didn't necessarily have like a very good taper meet it was just i don't know what it was about it but it just wasn't kind of it wasn't great so he makes it sound like the new coach mm. makes it sound like this year that like it's going to be like you're going to make sure we get like a proper taper so definitely looking forward to 
what happens with that. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if like your podcast is just specific for swimmers, but do you think everybody would get the idea of what a taper is? Um, if you have friends that aren't yeah, I can probably, we can this, probably briefly explain that. I think most of my people are swimmers, but I mean, yeah, obviously have yeah. that every once in a while people that don't do it. And I, don't, I, don't, I always have a hard time describing taper to people because like they don't understand or like, yeah. like I explain it to them. Sometimes they're like, well, why don't you do that every meet? Like it's a little hard to explain. Yeah. It's yeah. really specific for the person, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but like, I guess the best way to describe taper in a short bit of sense is something that you do before a, a pretty big deal meet and you spend a, a certain amount of time prepping for that taper to match the, like the, I guess, peak of your training. So for me, I usually taper two to three weeks out of a competition. Um, and I drop the yardage from like, I don't know, since I'm a sprinter, it's not a lot for, for me, usually it's like 5,000 and I drop clear down to, I don't know. 1500 at practice which is a pretty big drop and it's just 25s and 50s and maybe 75s for a um like a challenging set i guess something that i need to get my heart rate up real fast um, but i've heard other people like some distance swimmers will taper either a week out and that's it and they'll go from a pretty big amount of yardage just to more rest and stuff what do you, what yeah, do you usually so do for like your own tapers so i usually go from like six seven thousand down to like twenty five hundred two thousand depending on like where we are in it but yeah so ours is usually supposed to, is like three weeks it's about three weeks but i mean you don't really start feeling a difference till obviously like the second week but and then yeah our distance swimmers i think yeah. they only get like five days of taper five six days out so it's not even like a week for them it's just like they got to keep going which kind of sucks but at least as a distance swimmer like you should be dropping like a good amount of time so, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't, you're going to be in a lot of pain. Um, there's there's a couple of things that we do as Oklahoma, for Oklahoma Christian for um, taper stuff. And I'm curious to hear. But um, like, for example, uh, Josh has us do this for the sprinters, has us do this like really cool, intricate uh, hand motion, like reaction time thing. So to give you an idea, imagine like 12 to 15 of us standing on the side of the pool deck and then. Josh will be like, all right. And then randomly they'll be like, go. And then we'll like do something with their hands. We'll like snap, clap, and then do a quick spin with our arms. And then we'll jump up into a streamline. And like the first one to do it gets like the, hey, use the best reaction time mm -hmm. award kind of thing, you know? Do you, do you guys uh, have anything like that? Or like that? But I mean, one of kind of fun to it. our assistant coaches like swam into Olympics and he's like swimming bowls and stuff like that. So like he has oh, like, yeah. a lot of experience with like, a lot of other people's things because he's from he's from a country in the pacific ocean called marshall islands it's like a territory in the united states technically but i don't know how to describe it but like okay yeah they can like compete in the olympics like it's his own country but like they can like come to the united states like my thing without a passport and stuff like that but but yeah so hmm. he has a lot of stuff and especially he's like when he was at bowls like i think ryan murphy was there and like uh, who else was there i mean he's like met caleb dressel he's like Ryan Murphy, like, just from all the stuff with Bulls. And then pretty much for him, he is, as a coach, well, he was a sprinter as a swimmer. But as a coach, he's more, he does he does a good amount of sprinting, but he also does, like, the IM group. So I didn't necessarily get to experience it. But, like, a lot of the stuff we'll do for, like, tapers, like, either, like, block stuff or, like, uh, what am I thinking? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
or reaction would, time stuff. Yeah, this part is partial reaction time. It also because like we don't have like a pool on our campus, so we go to like three different pools. So yeah, it just kind of depends. What oh, really? That like, because yeah. one like the blocks are like kind of bad, so like you can't like do stuff with that. But I mean, it's, oh, the web starts. Like, that what like, you're talking about? Block, just kind of like it's a it's a little dicky school. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of like drills are interesting. Like, I'm trying to think. So like, do you ever do stuff with the buoy and like you have to do like boat like sailboats or tees or like yeah so like for back stroke are you talking about like when you put that noodle well, out in the no, middle not, of the lane or something not, not middle like of the that. lane it's kind of like way. so to work on like your like to make sure that like you're rotating properly like you're doing your full rotation on your backstroke like you'll have like you'll hold like like the pull buoy and so let's so you like do you'll switch arms so like let's say your right arms up first and like you're oh, kind of twisted yeah. so you're twisted to your left to like work on like what your body should be feeling like when like you're twisting your shoulder, like when you're pulling from your left and getting your right arm up and then it's vice versa the other way. Mm-hmm. And then what makes it hard is if you don't have fins on when you have to end up doing both, you have to use both arms to hold the pole buoy up because then it's working on like your balance of like floating <laughs> on the water and like keeping your head back enough to like not sink. But at the same time, you also like kick super duper yeah. hard because like if you don't, then like you're going to drown. So you can always tell. Uh, yes, I think I know exactly like what you're talking when, about. Uh, you're doing that set, and people are like having to like <laughs> take their hands off the pull buoy to pull themselves back up to start it again. But yeah, but I mean, yes. there's nothing like super, yeah, no. like nothing like super unique. I don't think we did this past year, like taper wise. It's kind of more like your stereotypical. Like, mm. I think we just use a lot more, like you know, like the the, um, the cord you put on like the blocks too, and. The, Oh, dude, I've always wanted to do that. I have yeah, not had the opportunity. I've been injured, and I, I can't use that. That looks so fun. You're talking about yeah, whenever they pull you into exactly the wall? It's either the one they pull you uh, in, or there's <laughs> the one like you strap it to the block, and yeah. you try to see how far you can get before it pulls you back. Yeah, With the weighted well, buckets the weighted and stuff? Bucket, but it's like on the block, yeah. and like how far you can go before it pulls you back. Like, you can't go farther. Yeah. Like, with the cores, there's like the different colors. It's like the different like resistant like weight or strength it has. So everyone, of course, like the black ones, like the one like with the most resistance strength. So it's like the hardest one to like get across. And we always try to see who can like get as far as they can. And one time, one of my teammates Bragging almost rides. made it to the wall. But I mean, it's it was like it's kind of hard to describe because like you haven't necessarily used cord, but like it's like yeah. But I mean, like for like even for like it's hard for most people like to get like halfway. Like it's a, it's a kind of a struggle to at least get halfway if you're not like a sprinter because like you're not always like in the weight room so like mm-hmm. but yeah, we have one guy that almost made it to a wall but other than that the notorious uh black cord is uh still notorious <laughs> it'll get you <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking forward to using that this upcoming uh school year i guess yeah fun. yeah so you got any yeah, other... yeah go for it kind of going to north towards like next season obviously this past year or i should say Whenever you see your surgery, you got surgery on your shoulder. Yeah, so I went through um, my freshman year uh, kind of with a bum shoulder. What happened was at a, a, a um, unofficial swim meet, I was swimming into the wall for one of the 50s, and I dislocated it. Um, and then I finished the race, which wasn't probably the smartest move, but I'm prideful, and that's just how life is sometimes. And I like tore my labrum in three different locations. So the frontal, the rear, and then I, I think it may have been like 
some 45 degree angle in the in the front top um so that was that was pretty excruciating and i had to sit out the season not see the weird thing is i didn't sit out the season they told me not to red shirt so i agreed because i i could swim but i couldn't swim longer than like 10 minutes without just excruciating pain so for the rest of the season what i had to do was i just swam 10 minutes with my shoulder and then um as best as i could i, I took ibuprofen and then um, I said as much as I could, and then the rest of that 20 minutes I kicked. So for for however long the swim season is, I was just doing 30 minutes a day um, at, or else 30 minutes every two days, which was not a lot considering everybody else was pumping out like 7,000 yards. I'm over here with may, maybe 1,000 if I'm lucky. Um, but, yeah, then after that season finished, I went on to um, – Let's see, what was it? Uh, I think August, right before the school year started, I had a surgery. And that, I didn't realize it, but it was going to take from August of 2018 or 19 clear till now um, until I can actually swim again. So I haven't been in the water for an entire year. My first swim practice, is, ironically, is potentially tomorrow. <laughs> so we will see if that goes well. My My goal yardage is 150 yards. So... That is a, a huge excitement for me. Um, some type of what kind of practice looked like for me for that that bit of time was, uh, like I said, the 30 minutes of practice. But um, our coach described the uh, one of the sets as like a Superman kick. So we would kick as hard as we could. I think Mary Jo does this actually. We kick as hard as you can. And then you have like these super duper slow arms just to kind of feel the water on your upper half. But try to get the cardio still going in your lower half. Um, so it, it kind of balances out but your my my upper body kind of really shrunk in size but um my lower half filled out some more so that was that was a plus and a minus at the same time because as swimmers we have to we kind of need that upper body more to get us through the water and stuff so that was definitely an en endeavor yeah yeah that, that would definitely like suck especially because like your school when like you like red shirts like yeah, I, it was it was kind of dumb that they well, I understand because I, I was able to compete for the school and I was doing OK, even though I was injured, um, especially like when conference season came around, I actually qualified for that. And then I managed to I don't mean this to be prideful or anything, but like because I really think it was a God thing. I um, managed to win the conference um, title for the 100 free and and practice, like considering that I only swam 30 minutes kind of need more than 30 minutes to be able to do that i went like i think it was sub 44 it was maybe 44 uh, i want to say three or 44 two something like that um but really it was a god thing that i got that so i can say that i, I won something on a bum shoulder which is pretty awesome um yeah yeah so then this past season did you register or yeah, so what, what happened this past season is I decided to um, focus solely on the PT part because since I had surgery just before the 2019 season, I was just like, all right, well, I, I legitimately can't swim. Otherwise, I won't have a shoulder to do that with my future. Um, so I decided to redshirt that whole uh, fall and spring of this last year. Um, and I think this this upcoming fall, or this fall, right, in a few months will be open to compete again assuming that everything's still on track yeah that's definitely a good thing because i was yeah. gonna that's the reason why i brought the surgery thing up so obviously summer is gonna be like a big determining factor but what do you think 
what are you thinking for like this upcoming season? Like, do you have any like kind of goals like set out yet, or are you kind of waiting to yeah. see what happens? No, that's 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 a good question. So, um, I've known my body for a while, and I know how long it takes me to get over an injury and how quick I can get into shape. So, once the school year starts, I, I'm kind of trying to set myself up. Tomorrow will be a really big determining factor whether or not this is going to work. Um, I'm assuming it's going to work because I've got full range of motion. Everything's pretty solid and um, like stretchable, but tight again. So that's good. Um, those goals that I have kind of like what you were talking about with your coach saying, uh, I, I want to add this, but I, it kind of sounded like he was saying, create those laughable uh, goals, like to where people think that you're crazy for how ridiculous they are. Um, and then shoot for that. Um, I respect that because that's kind of what my coach has been telling me and stuff. So Josh and I had a sit down conversation and we were talking about, even though we're injured right now, we, we think this is what we can do um, in the coming fall. So we laid down a bunch of times and I'll, I guess I'll go through those. But um, Josh really thinks that I can pull off of, of 19, I think it was a 19.49 is what he wants. I don't know why it's 49, but for the 50 uh, at the end of the year. And then a, a 43.2 for the 100 free, which I, I believe that's possible. And then in the two free, he wants me to go sub 136, which I think that's good too because we've got another guy on the team now who can probably – we can push each other to get there. Um, so those are all the things that are coming up in the in the fall is as long as the whole process to get there um, kind of pans out and works. So that – yeah, that should be should be realistic at this point. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing that, like, you're already kind of getting things panned out just because, like, for all we know, and especially, too, because, like, I mean, obviously coronavirus might have something to do with the amount of meat. Obviously, that's kind of good, especially since it's always – because some people don't necessarily know their body. And, I mean, mm -hmm. most of the time it's the people that I can't – well, as I don't know how bad things happen, but, like, don't get injured a lot. Like, for me, I've had, like, bad shoulders and all that stuff. So, like, for me, like – Kind of like with you, like knowing your body and like how things work. But obviously for people that don't get injured as often, like they have one injury and then all of a sudden it's just kind of like thrown off. But yeah. Over. But yeah. like, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like definitely a good thing to have like goals playing that because I would hate, at least as for me personally, I would hate to have the feeling of like getting in the water and then like feeling like, oh gosh, I don't even know what I want to do, how realistic things are and it's a good thing you have those goals set out already because you have something to look forward to. It's not like you get back in the water. It's like, oh, man, like I have so much to go. I don't even know what I'm going to be able to do. You have that like, oh, I'm going to go X, Y, Z. I know you know, I just got to right. push myself. I know what needs to happen kind of thing. And I feel like that takes a really strong man to do that. So it's definitely. Yeah, Thanks, Mike. Yeah, so, of course. And of course. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um yeah, definitely. I do. I do think that there's a lot of mind over power when it comes to any sport or just, I guess, life in general. Um, like when things get really hard, if you if you mope around, like you're saying, and just kind of slum out, um, life's going to kind of pass you by a little bit. So if you don't catch up whenever your feet are knocked off, you're, you're going to get left in the dust a bit. Um, I guess that all being said, has there been anything in college, I guess, where it's kind of dragged you down a little bit where you've been able to display that type of characteristic? Um, I guess the one time I kind of got like really super down is so my our freshman year, it was after the second meet. I like had 
I had grade two strains on my left pec major, pec minor, and I had a grade one strain on my bicep, mm-hmm. and that made me sit out for like half the season. So, and in that span of that, we had like six meets, like almost like back to back. So I missed like six meets to like get better. And I couldn't be in the water for like the mm-hmm. first like three weeks of that. So just to like, I don't want, it's kind of like that thing of like, I was trying to itch, kind of itching to get back in there, swat, watching everyone like compete and like being able to like get better with the season going along. Just kind of, it just kind of yeah. sucked that like I had to like sit out and just kind of like get watched from the sidelines. Cause like, obviously if it ends up like being whatever, like swim zone, whatever I'm like, if I coach or just even like I have kids or whatever, like it's going to be different. But obviously like with what I have, like right now, like that just, it just really sucked. It kind of really just put me like, I'm like, I was like in a, in a low place and just kind of like, yeah. I couldn't do anything about it. Cause like, I didn't want to rush like PT because that, that would, that would just cause like more problems obviously so for me i just kind of had to wait it out and then week four came around i could start kicking again like without a kickboard like i had to keep my like left arm down the whole time which <laughs> yes it, 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 sucks, it, yeah. it kicking a little interesting but yeah and then yeah week i think like halfway between like week five going into week six i like started actually like swimming swimming again and then but the mm. first part of it was just kind of like swimming until like I couldn't anymore and then like kick for however long. But even then, like my coach wouldn't make me kick that long. It was just kind of like once it started hurting, like just get out. And even then I could usually go 45 minutes to an hour at the start. And then towards the end, I pretty much got back to the full swing of things. And then ironically conference, I like dropped like a whole lot of time. So I think that extra taper uh, might've helped a little bit in the middle of the season. But I mean, there must be something there, dude. There, there has to be a connection with the not swimming as hard as everybody else, and then all of a sudden, conference is just really great for I know, us. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just that long break. That's all. Should bring that to some coaches' attention. Maybe we should just take a mid-season break. Yeah, they, they. I, I don't know how keen these coaches would be on that, especially some of these coaches that yeah. do like thousands of yards every day. But that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's crazy. So it kind of sounds like you had a really similar story. Maybe it ended a little bit better without the surgery, but everything kind of sounds like it was online, um, which kind of stirred a question for me uh, to you, I guess, because I know I've gone through this and I can elaborate on it in a second, but I'm curious to hear what you've got to say about whenever you're injured, um, how do you or how did you experience everyone else on the team um, while you were having to remove yourself from that training environment. Cause I guess through blood and sweat in the pool, you kind of grow, grow a little fonder with each other. But when you're not able to pour your blood and sweat with everybody else, it's kind of a different type of connection that you get or push towards. Did you ever experience something like that? Um, Kind of a little bit. I mean, my freshman year yeah. that was like a lot of like people from the girls team like graduated. So it was like all fresh, like all freshmen there. And there wasn't a lot of like, upperclassmen for the guys team so like it was like a real like my class was like the largest like for the team but so i mean i don't know it was at the beginning it was like a little clicky kind of which mm-hmm. it wasn't like a good vibe and i mean getting injured that early in the season like and still not knowing everybody like obviously you have those people like you've already like made friends with this like oh you can get through this but then there's like so obviously there are like some people that are like are you even going to come back and like be good or anything like that? It's just kind of like stuff like that. Yep. It's like, well, that kind of, I don't want to say hurt my feelings, but like just kind of like 
I thought we were like you. You thought there was gonna be a different expectation. Like you thought these people were gonna be better than that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, obviously, once I got back in the water, like everything was fine. But just kind of like the fact that like it was taking me longer than like they thought it was gonna take. That they were like, "Are you actually gonna be like able to like swim and all that?" And like, and obviously, like I know my body, so I I knew the whole time I was gonna be able to. But like, just like there's a doubt sometimes. But, I mean, for the most part, it was a positive, like, oh, you you can get through this and all that. But, I mean, yeah, there's, like, few instances where people were kind of threw down there. But other than that, I mean, it's a, it ended up being fine. Everything was fine. Like, so, yeah, all of our teammates were all good now. They, even though, the, I guess, it really wasn't a problem. But, I mean, you know what I mean, though. But, yeah, I completely understand. Um what I kind of experienced the first time, uh, the first season was like everything was going great up until that injury. And then uh, every, everybody kind of slowly, unintentionally backed away just kind of because I was insecure about what everyone's going to think about me right now as I'm kind of getting slower and I don't really have my, my uh, I guess, person that, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, can't find who I am because I don't have that speed anymore, which is kind of a terrible statement because I mean, that in itself is pretty like low, but as the season went on, I tried to associate with myself with people like outside of the swim team. So I wouldn't feel that, uh, I guess, sadness and reminder that I can't do what I want to do. Um, and that, that taught me that once you do that, you kind of are excluding yourself pretty severely from your swim family. And that's, those are the people that are going to be there for you. Um, so that, that attitude was kind of rebuked whenever I got to my previous season, the one that I just registered like last, uh, just recently, um, something kind of clicked and I realized that I don't actually have to, um, not associate with myself with these people. Like they're my family and I, I wanted to the whole time, but now I, I figured out a new way that I can be there with them through that blood and sweat, which would be like to either cheer on the side of the pool deck every morning at like five 30 or show up occasionally and, and try to kick with them if I even if I couldn't uh, move my arms and stuff, or just like um, just be there as much as I could and cheer on, even though I couldn't do anything. I mean, I remember a couple times during practice, like uh, we'd have those safety cones, or the like the big like what caution wet floor signs or whatever. I'd go and uh, take one of them and scream like "Let's go, guys! Keep it up!" kind of thing uh, behind the blocks and whatnot. So I know that meant a lot to them and that kind of reestablished a lot of relationships and uh, just different types of um, levels of uh, relationships with my swimming family there. Um, so I was wondering if you could relate on that, which it sounds like you did um, a bit, but yeah, that was definitely a growing and learning experience through that little endeavor there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Yeah. Cause especially when I got injured, like I had to like, I just because I mean it took me that long to realize that like I really only hang out with the swim team. I should probably like make other friends. And then I <laughs> yeah. met I met so I knew this guy from like the beginning of the school year. He was actually one of my roommates for this past year, but I I just started hanging out with him and like he like he's one of those guys that like knows everybody for some reason. Yes. Like yeah. even if it's like unintentional, like people just like know who he is. And through that, I met like, like, dude, what the heck? How do you know everybody? I know, but it's like, <laughs> I know yeah. so, I knew so, so many people after that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like, I think after that, like, especially like after the season ended, if like the swim team didn't do anything, I'm like on a weekend or something like that, like, I definitely like had like my resources to like be able to just go like wherever. Like, 
I don't, there's always like someone that can like go like, Hey, do you know if there's anything going on this weekend or like anything like that? So like, yeah, it was just kind of nice to like, you're plugged in. Yes. Have that plug, be able to like do that. So yeah, that was definitely, that's uh, that's important. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, the similar story actually, uh, happened to me with that freshman year. I kind of met my, uh, so I don't know how your school does it, but we have, um, the opera or the option of doing like uh, two person rooms and then three person rooms and then this quad which is two person or eight people and then two to a room all connected in the same like i guess uh big room i guess quote unquote building but it's there's different floors and stuff so i get this whole floor with my my uh group of people that i, I had met likewise um that you did with that one guy who kind of connected you to everybody um so I guess with these eight people, I was really connected with uh, the rest of my college's world outside of swimming, which made it really nice. Um, don't mean this in a bad way, but like a break from the uh, pool. And then, then if I needed to go and um, breathe some other air other than the chlorine air, I could go and hang out with these people that weren't associated with the swim team. So there's a healthy balance there, um, which is something that I don't think could be uh, done on a D1 atmosphere because you, you kind of have to be really committed to uh to one thing there especially with the studies and how big everything is and um the amount of effort that you're required to be at for practices which is a, i think a really honest opinion is a little different for d2 swimming it's more but it's the person that's going to be different with the level of effort that they put in so you know yeah i definitely agree with that and yeah with our housing thing so how it works so freshmen can either stay so there's three dorms but a freshman like if they're living on campus and not commuting they have to live in a dorm so there's like mm-hmm. a suite style dorm where it's like two rooms two people in a room each for like a four or you can do a two person but that one's a little more expensive that's in our most expensive one and then the second one they actually we actually bought an old hotel like that was like right by our campus and it's either a two-person room per room or three people, depending on whatever. And then that's the middle, like, price one. And then our cheapest one is a two-to-a-room. It's like your, like, commuter, like, not commuter, but, like, community shower, like, stuff like that. We would stay in a full dorm. And then where I live, right, like, this past year and then this upcoming year, we have on-campus apartments. So it's either you can have four people to an apartment or two, and then price changes, obviously, but, yeah. So I, last year I lived in a four-person apartment on campus, so it was nice to have that because we had our own kitchen and like. Oh yes. Had our own <laughs> kitchen, that. had two yes. bathrooms, like could do things on like your own time. Had a living room, it was just nice. And then having the, obviously the fridge and the freezer and yeah, so it was nice Dude, to have that. I'm so looking forward to that. I finally get that opportunity in the fall, and it's just going to be me and this other guy on the track team. And um, I'm like, my ethnicity is going to just come out of me. Like the whole Spanish in the kitchen, like fajitas, tacos, burritos, anything, man. <laughs> Taquitos. Yes. I, Empanadas, arepas, all of it. Uh, dude, I haven't had an arepa in like forever. Even though it's like, right, there's a store right by my house or like a restaurant right by my house that makes a lot of them. Oh, for real? Yeah. Dude, um, do you do you know what the, the powder is that they or the uh, the flour that they use? The yeah, they use, a, <laughs> they use a corn flour or yeah. Oh, yeah. Arena pond, yeah, that stuff is um, yes. yeah, it's a South American type of flower, but they, it just we can't find it anywhere. We only can find it when we go down to uh, like Kansas City at I think it's Natural Grocers or something like that. So whenever we go, it's like a rarity. But that's the stuff that, that a lot of people use. 
Yeah, it's so array puffs are so good. Like yes. I am, oh my gosh! Like I haven't had one in a minute, but like whenever I think about it, I can like have like get the taste in my mouth. Like it's <laughs> the crunch and the softness, and then the yes. meat, and then the cheese and beans inside. What do you yeah. usually? What do you put in the in them if you can? Um. So when I usually get them, so obviously have the array pot, and then I usually get a like barbacoa with um plantain, and then uh mm. fresco and um. I think that's it. Maybe mm, some that's beans. So good. But yeah, it's like a nice like contrast of like I don't want to say bitter, but like I mean plantains aren't like sweet fruit, but yeah. It's like a yeah. contrast of like the juiciness and the barbacoa and like a little bit bitter in the banana or like not the banana, the plantain and then obviously having queso fresco go in there with the beans like it's a great yeah. combination. Definitely. Um my dad being Venezuelan, what we uh we had the other day, or not the other day, like a few months ago when we had the opportunity to do this, we found a Venezuelan restaurant that was like very authentic and we went to uh, see what they had to offer. And it was a lot of what my dad grew up with um, and what you said kind of reminded me, which is about the plantains. Um, they were serving these, uh, I guess, plantain sandwiches, which I don't remember what they exactly were called, but a lot of the stuff had chicken and um like your typical lettuce and other things. And they also had the uh, uh, non-fried plantains in the middle of the, um, the the Venezuelan sandwich. And that was, that was really good. It was like a, a different style of an empanada, I guess. Yeah, I got you on that. Empanada was uh, really good too. I, I brought yeah. some, I brought some empanadas home from St. Louis when I went back, but yeah, I, empanadas were really good. Arepas are really good. I mean, I yeah. dad being Mexican, like we have, we even had yes i mean we had like there's different varieties of tacos but like not like the white people tacos where they put like taco sauce on it and stuff oh. like that, whatever <laughs> like the carne asada the like real stuff yeah it's like real stuff but then like oh the rice he makes with it too like icing on the cake is like puts tomato sauce in like brown rice and like oh it's it kind of i don't it sounds a little weird now that i'm like saying it out loud but like it's, it's good. It's That's really awful. good. Like you put a little bit of like cheddar. Like he shreds like real cheddar cheese too. Like with the grater. Yeah. <laughs> like put a little bit of salt on that. The cheese melts on it. Oh, it's. Dude, Dude, something I've noticed, I guess, through this conversation, is I don't have. We don't. There's no ethnic Spanish or Spanish ethnic group at my college. I don't have any like a, any homies to relate to on this stuff. It's really frustrating. <laughs> I know, dude. We're so because my school we have like a lot of like foreign athletes. That kind yeah. Of, so, like, we get a lot of people from, like, Ecuador and Colombia and Mexico, Spain. Like, it's a it's a whole melting pot. And then, like, I was – and then get a lot of people from, like, the Middle East region as well. A lot of different European countries. Like, it's – like, I think our soccer – like, our men's soccer team is, like, 80% foreign. Hmm. That's so, – you're, you're so lucky to have that. Like, my swim team is – like, I guess OC in general is just really whitewashed and preppy – and then our soccer team, where you think we would have some, is all uh, European from, like, the Netherlands or something like that. It's like, oh, man, where are my brothers at? Los Hermanos, ¿dónde está? Because, yeah, one of, cause one of my uh, roommates from my apartment, he's on the tennis team. He's from Spain. So it's nice to have someone else to, like, speak Spanish to. And, like, yeah. have, even though, I mean, Spain Spanish is lispy Spanish, but, like, that's a conversation for another day. I guess so. Because <laughs> yeah. like even like when Mario was on our club team, like oh, that was like, so his last name. Yeah. yeah, he's Mario Ethama, not Ethama. Like my Mexican Spanish team, he's like 
the Z is not lispy. Please, please. Stop. Yeah, I wonder how he's doing. I haven't heard him from him in a while. I think Last... he graduated this year, but I could be wrong. From high school yeah, or college? He was a freshman high school, when right? we were a or... senior. I think. I could be wrong though. Yeah, I think you're right. No, I, th- I think he was either. Yeah, I think so. So I, uh, I, I remember he graduated. He's pretty young. Yeah, no, for sure he's graduated by now. I remember the last time I saw him was at the, um, uh, what's it called? The NCSA uh, junior thingy down in Florida. Oh, the winter, like, junior Nats? Yeah, the yeah the junior nationals for kids. Not not yeah. like the Speedo junior nationals. But, um, yeah, the NCSA one. Age group one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah. that was the last time I saw him. So. I mean, the last time I saw him, I went over to a uh, Hennessy's house because that's he was living with Hennessy. If you know who, yeah, he's is. he's he's at uh, St. Louis now, right? Or no, he's I think he was at uh, Johnson County Community College. I think last year. So, okay, okay, yeah. But yeah, so we he had his going away party, and that's the last time I saw him. It was it was sad. Dang. He was he was there. He just left. Yeah, and then went back to Spain. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, he's probably having a good time over there. <laughs> all, yeah, all he, cra- oh, he's definitely having <laughs> he's stuck a good time up. over there. I mean, I guess they're they're all stuck up in their like houses though because of the COVID and whatnot. Yeah, but I think they're kind of like like lessening the restrictions now. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Someone told me that they're rioting now. I was like, oh, dope, cool, have fun. I mean, who else isn't rioting or protesting at this point? Like, yeah, I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm just vibing at home. Yeah, no, I'm just at home. I mean, I just I'll just go to practice, and then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I lift with Lex. And, oh, yeah. yeah, and then yeah, I teach lessons with Mary Joe because my internship got canceled. So like, have to yeah. make money somehow. Yeah, you hate to hear that that the, all these interns are canceled and everybody's like summer plans. How are you going to pay for your apartment in the fall, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a work study job at school, so it's not that like I def I made my money's worth, mm-hmm. but it's just to like have extra money, like you know, like spending money in case you need it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So. That's more what the summer's about. Just kind of like doing odd jobs. Because I also like mow and then like I'll do some like mulching or like landscape stuff just to like make extra money. That's yeah. pretty much what the summer is for me. That's a good time though. That's also a good opportunity to grab a little tan while you're at it while you're at it. Oh, if it's outside. oh my tan is fantastic right now. Really? You're so lucky. I don't have one. I've been cooped up inside doing online classes. That's unfortunate. I know. Cause, yeah, for, <laughs> for lessons, because Lex and I do lessons with Mary Joe and they start at like noon. And they go to like two or three. Mm, prime four time. Four. So yeah, it's four, it's like four hours of like being outside in people's like pools in their houses, like extra tans. Like yeah. it is a great time getting tan. And then obviously weekends is later practice, so then we get that tan too. But lessons is where I get my good tan. I think we were talking about this um just like a few minutes ago before we had our <laughs> I guess our second take, but we don't we don't tan or burn. Because of our uh, Spanish history, I guess a lot of our friends kind of have a, you know, they go outside as swimmers and they come back in as lobsters. But we we're yeah, kind of true. we just we just kind of heat up a little bit and then it just sets in. Yeah, that's definitely true. But I will say, like from yesterday, Lex and I both got a little burn on our shoulders, mm-hmm. just because like when you're outside for four hours in a pool where it magnifies the sun. Yeah. So. I'll definitely put, be putting on a sunscreen on my shoulders for next time just because I'd rather not be putting aloe vera on like every other day. Yes. You can have like grandpa wrinkly shoulders when you're 30. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a pass for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, not, not good. 
yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much. And then obviously, then we go back to school. And then what sucks is we don't know where we're going back until the end of June. Oh, like, like for they haven't told you your schedule yet, or yeah, because they told so what they told us in May is that they plan on us coming back on campus, but they haven't told us because like my brother goes to Tulane mm-hmm. and. Like, they're starting, like, a week early, and then they're coming back, like, the week of Thanksgiving. Same. And they're, like, yeah. done. But we don't know if we're doing anything like that yet. So, we won't know until the end of June. Dang. We kind of sucks. We, um, I, as a D2 saying, school saying this, it might be the same for you guys as well. But um, what we're doing is we're starting clear up in, like, I think the second week of August, which is – I'm not happy about that at all. But um, then everybody's finishing school the week – or the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving's either on a Friday this year or a Thursday. Um, and they're coming back home. But as the athletes at OC, what we do for swimmers and baseball or basketball players, uh, we were recently to stay on campus and, and finish our training until Christmas. So we're going to have a solid two to three weeks where we don't, we don't do anything other than just train, which is an, a blessing, but like that means I won't be home for like four months. I think so. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know what we're going to do at my school yet, just cause I haven't said yet, but I mean, we usually go home. I mean, we go home for a couple of days for Thanksgiving and then yeah, we, cause we usually have our mid season meet like right before Christmas. So it's like the week before Christmas mm-hmm. and then we go have like Christmas and then we come back like the 27th or the 28th of December. Mm-hmm. And then train again. So I think we'll probably do something like that again if it ends up being we're done at Thanksgiving. But I'm not 100% sure on that because they haven't said anything yet. So I can't really elaborate on that per se. So Yeah. Just kind of speculate. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So the last thing I kind of want to talk about a little bit, and you can kind of obviously add your other points, but sure. just kind of want to like give a comparison because obviously – I kind of want to figure out like what your whole student athlete perspective is like being student also athlete Oklahoma Christian and kind of see what it looks like in comparison to like what I do. Cause obviously you're both division two schools, but obviously your school is a religious school yeah, and then mine is just a private school. So, and plus with different conferences with like athletics too. So like, yeah. just kind of want to get your perspective, like what yours is like compared to mine. So um, I guess going into starting off at the, the religious side, what, since it's Oklahoma Christian University at a private school, there's some different things that they do. Um, like, I guess for uh, what it looks like as a student athlete kind of day on a, on a Monday, I wake up and go to classes and then, or wake up, go to swim at like either five thirty or six, which whichever practices depends on that. If it's a or B um, we have, we have 60 people on our swim team, which is a ridiculous amount of swimmers, but um so that we have a bunch of different times. Um, moving on from that, it's your normal school hours. And then um, the vibe on campus is just really casual. So we've got this main um, center uh, coffee shop where everybody just goes uh, between classes and just talks and stuff. And that's really just a lot of fun and lighthearted uh, joy that is brought on campus. I actually work there. Um, it's one of the baristas throughout the year whenever I can. So that's a, another job study or work study thing that I've got going on. Um, around 11 o'clock, the whole campus gathers together for different like uh, events that you can go to to earn this thing called a kudo, which is basically like an, a point system that you get 
Um, and at the end of the year, uh, these point systems just like move you on to, I guess, not get a fine, which is is really weird. And these these fines are to check it and see if you've gone to these different um, locations, which are called chapels on the campus. So, but they're really cool. We have guest speakers and stuff and whatnot. Um, I think back in the 19 somethings, they had one of the presidents come to, uh, to speak. So they kind of try to make a big deal out of who comes and speaks and whatnot. I think uh, two years ago we had, or three years ago, we had a um, man named Ravi Zacharias who just passed away, but he was a really big uh, religious um, speaker. Um, and then after 11 o'clock finishes, we just finish up the day and um, we got a new, a new cafeteria, which is really phenomenal um, upgrade from the last one. We have uh, personal chefs and stuff. Um, so we're really lucky there. Um, what it looks like as a student athlete in a, or I guess an athlete at a Christian school is, um, I guess I can share this one story. I don't know how much time we've got, but um, so Josh Davis, the uh, he's our coach right now. He had a history of being like an Olympian from 19 something up till 2000 something. And um, I think for the two, year 2000, he was the Olympic coach for, I think Michael Phelps's first Olympic debut. Um, so he, or not coach, he was the Olympic team captain for that, that, um, that year for the swim team. And, uh, so he has a lot of experience there. Um, all that to say, one of the coolest things that he's been able to teach us, I guess, while we're, we've been swimming, um, and this is the religious part is, um, every birthday that he has, he swims that number that he is like the year, um, or his age in fifties. And this year was happening to, or last year. My freshman year, he was turning 46. So he had to swim 46 fifties on the minute. And he was like cruising pretty fast. And we have a meters pool. Um, I think he was holding like 28s, 29s. So that converts to like 24s, 25s in yards. And then about halfway through, he was like, all right, guys, I'm dying. I'm dying. Come on in. So everybody like we were on the wall kind of just watching him go. Um, and then he, he huddles us around. He's like, all right, guys, uh, listen here. So. You know how much pain I'm in right now? We we're like, yeah, you're you're a red as a tomato. His chest was like B red. Looks like blood's coming out of it. <laughs> and um, so he, he's like, all right. So all this pain is is nothing compared to what Christ went on or uh, suffered on the cross up there. So this that I'm experiencing now is the least that I can do to repay that to him. We all thought that was really awesome and just kind of cool how he brought that all back um, to Christ and whatnot. So to see his example as a leader, um, both in faith and in um, action in the pool is really uh, inspiring for the rest of us to be able to work harder. So that's a little bit of a difference, I guess, from your uh, non-Christian versus uh, Christian kind of school that are private um, analysis, I guess. And then I don't really know if there's anything else that's different. Um, for electives, one thing that we do have are Bible studies, which is just, um, I guess, allegedly some sort of history class, but uh, biblically speaking. Um, other than that, I don't think there's any anything else that's really different. How would you uh, describe your, is it Marysville? Is that right? Marysville, yeah. yeah. So pretty much ours. So we have, so at least I'll do this past semester because our first semester this year was kind of a little over the place with practice schedule just because with all the there's some communication errors so some of the freshmen scheduled their practices uh or their classes during practice for communication errors but so we'll go with second semester because everyone 
could do that. So, so we had practice at six in the morning. It was six to eight, but if you had an eight a.m., you get to leave at seven thirty. And then, so we had that. And then, on two of the days, I had an eight a.m., so I got out seven thirty for that. But so then, yeah, we have class. So you go to your classes, or whatever. And then, I mean, Maryville used to be a Catholic university. I forget when it just went to private instead of having like a religious affiliation. Yeah. But we have like a chapel in the middle of our campus. So like, obviously there's like church on Sunday, like every Sunday for like, there's different times for like the different like types of Christianity or like even Catholic and all that stuff. So, I mean, it has that aspect, but I'm trying to think what else is, I mean, I have a work study job and I work at the athletic center. So I literally just sit there and check people in and then do my homework. So, I mean, that's a nice uh, job to get paid Mm. for. And then, yeah, other than that, I mean, we just have I saw normal classes. I mean, I'm a business major, so and I came in uh, college with 26 credits. Oh, that's so awesome! A lot of yeah, I didn't really have to take many like gen ed classes. I think I had to take like two. I had to take two English classes, and then I had to take. I think that was kind of it that I had to take. That was like gen eds. Because hmm. other than that, I guess I had to take like a computer like applications or whatever, like you know, like the basic like thing freshmen kind of have to take kind of yeah. thing but other than that most of my stuff i've taken has been related to business so i mean this past semester i think i had three 400 level classes so that's like mostly senior borderline like graduate school so that was kind of hard but then luckily we got to go home so with that online classes Usually, so Maryville is very known for its, their online classes. Like, if you count, like, people that are, like, online students, we have, like, 10,000. But without it, it's, like, 3,000. Oh, people but, on campus, like, moving around. Well, like, like student population, like, if you count the entire student population, like, if it's on-ground students and then online, it's 10,000. But on-ground, like, just, like, 3,000. I see. Kind of thing. But, yeah, so... Our, we're pretty good with our online classes, but the only problem with switching your physical classes to online is that teachers work a certain way. Because I had a teacher for, she's also my academic advisor, but she was, um, I had two of her classes. And for her, like, she's very old school kind of teacher, like, everything, like, like the tests are physical and all that. Because, like, we, we're sponsored by Apple, so we got free iPads our freshman year oh. to, like, use for, like, textbooks and, like, notes and everything else. Because it's kind of more like we were transitioning to, like, you do a lot of this stuff, like, with your iPad and the internet and stuff like that. But this teacher, just, like, all the physical, like, tests and stuff like that. Like, pencil, paper, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then, yeah, so online classes happen. And, like, teachers like her, like, had no idea what to do because, like, she couldn't, like, give a test. Because, like, the reason she, like, gives them out is because she thinks that, like, online tests are, like, I guess you can call them, like, easier or, like, easier to like potentially cheat on so she never was like a believer of that but then with that class got a little easier just because the material they're both 400 level classes so like the material for it was like harder and there wasn't like as many opportunities to like get points in the class right so with being able to like have it online we got more points because she wasn't gonna give us physical tests because That'd be really hard to like turn in like online with all the other stuff. Yeah. So it was nice to have that, and then, yeah, I mean, 
really I just take business classes and that's kind of it. And then I'm minoring in finance. So now I'm for this next semester, I'm taking the majority of my finance classes to get my minor. And then my last, my last, so my next semester after that will be fun because I get to take ceramics. Like oh, pottery. I see. So that'll be like interesting. A, It'll be interesting. Sweet. I just need an extra class and that would, that one's probably going to fit. So I like, might as well have fun with the second semester, especially once uh, the season's done. I have a lot more time to do things. Hmm. That's awesome. But yeah, other than that, I mean, Maryville's in St. Louis. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to do in St. Louis. I mean, everyone goes to the Arch at least the once. Yard what? I mean, the St. Louis. Everyone goes oh, to the Arch yeah, yeah, yeah. at least once. They go to Arch at least once just to, like, say they've seen it. Um, there's a lot of things to do downtown. I mean, obviously, when, like, Halloween and stuff like that happens, like, a lot of people go downtown to, like, party and all like mm. that. And then there's this place, like, where Washington University is. Oh, yeah. Like, it's yeah, a yeah. super smart school. It's, like, called The Loop. Yeah, it's called The Loop. It's, like, down there. It's, like, a really – it's it's. I don't know why it's called The Loop, but it has, like, a lot of really cool, like, restaurants and, like, stores. Like, it's a really cool area. Like, it's kind of the equivalent – so – the best way to, I it's probably like the equivalent of like the plaza. Okay, yeah, city. that makes sense. That's the yeah. best way I can describe it. It's kind of like, but I mean, not that architecture, but like the kind of like stores there are and like the design of it, like being able to like walk everywhere. There's enough like to do that. to keep you busy for a few hours, but not have it be like old. Yeah. yeah. And even the, even then, like even closer to our campus, we have a Top Golf like five minutes yeah. from our campus. So like Wednesdays is like the student discount day, so like that's easily something to do as well. But yeah, I mean, other than that, that's kind of like really the gist of it like practice class and then i work whenever i can i usually try to do like during like I well i mean obviously i do it when i do have class but i mean oh you get like one during the weekend and then the kind of get a couple days whenever mm -hmm. else but that's yeah that's kind of really the gist of that i mean it's pretty similar just because like you have the athletic side like you have your obligations then you have class i think really the only difference for definitely from what you talked about is just like the fact that we don't have like really any like religious like incorporated classes into like our like required yeah, I, I think so and then i guess the big thing that we were talking about was the difference between um d2 and d1 so like with all of that what what is the what do you think the differences are between those two from what we've talked about so i definitely think that like d2 was kind of like okay so i don't know how to put it uh, i don't know if this is going to sound bad or whatever but i mean obviously d1 is like your expectations are you're coming there to swim and anything else is like that's like set coming second well i mean besides mm -hmm. school but i mean anything outside of like being an actual student athlete Secondary. is like it's whatever like it's like yeah second hand and with d2 it's kind of more like and not saying because like it you can have second hand stuff in d2 that like the competition isn't as good because obviously like with team Tower conference like we can like definitely like we go up to like the D one teams and it's not like that issue. So I mean, it's just kind of like the difference of like your expectations with each school, like with each division, and like what that entails, and really just kind of be like the opportunities outside of the classroom and outside of like well, at least for us the pool or like the basketball court or the soccer field, like whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So that's kind of my main take is just like the difference in like what you can and like can't necessarily yeah. do per se i think a good summary for that is the memories that you create at d1 and d2 can be different but unique in their own way 
So for example, like we were talking about just now with D2 being not as schedule intensive as D1, you can create different types of memories in terms of, I guess, looseness and uh, not as strict of a calling to uh, your athletic department. Whereas D1, you might have a lot of great moments with that um, the team atmosphere, but also might be missing out a little bit on, I guess, that looser lifestyle of a schedule that D2 provides. But like, likewise, as a contrast for DU2, you kind of miss out on that. You, you can potentially miss out on that um, tight schedule, which the D1 provides, which can be a good thing as well. But I mean, yeah, overall. Very good. That was a very good yeah. summary. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I kind of want to like note for like all my people that are like in high school that are listening to this, that are like looking at their options, just because we're like saying like the like the opportunities and stuff like that, don't take because obviously don't take it as like just because like there's like I don't want to say less expectation, but like you have more free time in D two. That doesn't mean that like the competition isn't yeah. there because obviously like with your confidence you can justify like your team is like you have sixty people on your team like that's a fully competitive like roster like you'll like go hand in hand with like most teams you'll go up against. And likewise with like other teams in my conference that have like been established for a while. Like like I was kinda of saying earlier, like seven or eight of like it's all except like two teams that are in my conference, including like mine, wasn't in like the top forty. Like that kind of proves to show that like although like we have like I guess you can say like more time to do like other things that that doesn't mean that like the competitiveness and the heart and like the drive to like succeed yeah. is not there. Like I know personally so, a few people who are D2 who if we put nationally ranked are in the top either 20 or top 30 for the, in the nation for, for uh, D1 swimming who are D2 swimmers currently. Um, so yeah. there's a lot that can be said just from that statement. And like I guess if we're talking to our younger audience, high schoolers, um, as, a, as a junior now in high school or college, like looking back at it as I wanted to be in a D1 school so bad, I, I – thought about my long-term what what the heck am I going to actually do with this afterwards um after college and uh the, the biggest takeaway that I made in terms of the de decision which I don't regret at all which I, I think is proven to grow my character a lot was um finding a school that I would be um ranked top at in terms of skill but knowing that I can grow more from that rather than being ranked at the very bottom and having a bunch of room to grow just to reach the top at my end year um, in terms of the ranking like within that school. So for me, it was a D2. I knew that I would be placed a little bit higher and get more focus from a coach rather than if I were at D1. Initially, I wouldn't get a lot of focus from my coach until I proved myself. Um, so that might give you a head start in terms of searching for a school uh, that way. But I think Mike and I can both kind of speak. Um, if you disagree, you can tell me. But um, once you're in college, all those stereotypes of the high school life of, is he going to choose D1? Is he going to, or is he going to slum down to D2? Kind of goes away because you realize like, oh, well, you know what? I'm here for creating memories that are going to last a long time and forming connections. Um, and looking back at all those people that I knew in high school, I don't really know what they're going to think of me now that I'm at D2 or vice versa at D1. Like, I don't really get the same praise from them anymore that I'm here. Like, it's just kind of where you're at right now. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, well, I think the main thing that, like, at least with high school, like, whether it's, like, in the United States or even, like, outside the United States from what they hear, I mean, 
the vision kind of matters in terms of like, I mean, everyone's right. gonna be competitive, but the amount of like competition, like competitiveness, like how like, like I was I used to fifty free for example. So obviously, Division One's gonna have a lot more people that are under twenty seconds for their fifty free than Division Two or Division Three. That's just because of like the teams and who they recruit and like what the school is all about, kind of thing. Like it's nothing like against it, but more like people need to like less worry about what the division is and worry about like what they like want more. Cause obviously I think part of like my recruiting thing, which made me like wait so long to decide is like, I really wanted to go D one, but the opportunities like were kind of there, but it wasn't going to be the way that I was like hoping it would be compared. But now that I have D two, like I can definitely say like, it's really like, it's not like a giant like cliff comparison like, it's not, like, D1 is, like, skyrocketed, like, completely, like, in outer space, and, like, D2 is, like, barely, like, above the ground mm-hmm. on Earth kind of thing. It's definitely a lot closer than people think. And even then, you can definitely, like, have the argument, there's a lot of, like, D2 swimmers. Like, there's a guy in my conference, his name's Fabio Dalu, who swims from McKendree, and his thousand time at the NCAA championships, I think, oh, no, his conference was the fastest one. But as of, like, right now, is the 22nd fastest time in all of NCAA, yeah. like, swimming. Like, D1, D2, and D3, 22nd. So he was faster than the majority of other D1 people. Obviously, D1s didn't have their, nas- like, nationals, so there's no taper to, like, justify that. But just to show that, like, someone – and even then, there's, there's, like, three, four people that are above him are, like, only, like, half a second faster. And in no, that's, three, that's, like – yeah, mm-hmm. that's nothing. So just to like justify that, like D two people can be up there. So it's not like the art. It's not that like D one is like this like unreachable thing. If all of a sudden you're like D two or D three yeah. or whatever. So that's kind of my take on it. It's like like people should worry less about the division and worry more about like how you would like actually like the school, like where you would fit in on the team, and like how competitive you would be like in that team's conference or like at nationals if you're up at that level. Like you are, so yeah, that's definitely a good statement. How you put that, I agree. But yeah, all right. So we'll go ahead and kind of wrap things up. Mm-hmm. One thing I kind of wanted to add that uh, he Brandon did not want to. I don't say not want to, but hasn't mentioned my guy. Yeah, yes. He's got a he's got a couple he's got a couple mil views on his videos. Got a mil or so, mil and a half uh, likes on yes. his TikToks. He's a uh, quite a comedian if I yeah say so myself. i kind of i kind of document um uh when i got injured i was i had a lot of uh free time from swim practice i guess because I, I wasn't able to go and um i could kind of <laughs> don't mean to be deep here but whenever i wasn't grinding every day i kind of had a second to step back and kind of see all the laughter and the quote-unquote beauty of <laughs> of uh, college <laughs> and i've just kind of been documenting a lot of um the chaos that my roommates kind of produce and uh, stupid things around the campus. So um, there's a couple of videos on there that are like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea of what OC is like, or this is a good idea of like how stupid I am whenever I'm bored and stuff. But uh, yeah, feel free to give me, give me a follow. <laughs> I'm trying to get 100,000, I guess, by next school year or the, the fall or something. Post a few more videos, see what happens. But yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to mention that just because like, when I when you, when I first found your account, I think I found it when I, uh, Max. Yeah, I saw Max on the for you page. I was like, "What I the heck is Max doing here?" Whoa, whoa. 
I know I saw I saw your page and you had like eighty like four like thousand yeah. followers. I'm like, okay, Brandon, <laughs> let me see what you're all about. And then like you have all these like TikToks with like millions of views. I'm oh, like, dude, I was so mad. They like, took they took down one of my um video sounds, which was probably the funniest one on my account, which was the uh uh it was like I don't remember what. Yeah, good morning. Like good morning. morning yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> no, there's your one of your older. No, videos for real, it does. I didn't know that. Well, we had a yeah, yeah, like the first one you posted of it, not your like second post oh, of it, but like the first one, it has the audio still. Or there was one that had like um the like uh, Vietnam War music in the background, which is on my Instagram under like a thing called I think. Uh, let me see real quick. Suit Wars, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Suit Wars. Yeah, I think they took that one. Uh, they just removed the audio, but both of the views are up there. One of them's got like. Your Peppa dude, I was so embarrassed when that one blew up. That was just a joke. <laughs> Such a joke. That was oh my so gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. But that kind of. Rem- that's definitely like. When I saw that one, I'm like, yeah. That's yeah, that's the character I've got. I think it has like 4 million views. That that's was- a lot. It was, yeah. it was fun. It was oh funny. Gosh. Thanks, Mike. The Nepal one. Oh, really yeah. The, the Nepal one. Yeah. Love the smell of Nepal in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good time. Yeah. It was, yeah. Well, Brandon, it was really great to have you on the show today. It's been a minute, so I'm glad we Absolutely. finally got to catch up with you, figure out what's going on. So with that being said, all right, thank you for everyone.